Yo, this place is big. We should split up finding Will. Said no one who survived a horror movie ever. Because as you know, in every horror movie, the first rule of survival is never leave your friends. So don't split up if you want to make it to the end. No, don't. Don't split up. Welcome back to the Don't Split Up Horror Podcast. We have been on a break, but we are back and we are ready to dive into a whole slew of terrifying new movies that apparently made my voice crack because they were so scary. So uh, today we are going to be doing the surprise smash hit 10 at Cloverfield Lane. I'm J.R. Foresteros. I'm Amanda Foresteros. I'm Moza 80. And I'm Stacy Silveri. Guys, it's good to be back. I missed you. I, know, I almost forgot who I was. Did you see that pause? Or? Yeah, just a little bit. Like, wait, what? The hesitation. So uh, there's this new movie that just came out. Well, it's been out about a month now uh, when we're recording this, but it wasn't advertised, like, at all. Uh, there was no information about it, no announcement that it was being filmed, and then all of a sudden, like, a trailer just appeared in the world for 10 Cloverfield Lane. And everyone immediately rightly assumed that because it's a bad robot production, which is J.J. Abrams' uh, production studio, it was somehow connected to the 2008 found footage Godzilla movie, Cloverfield. So before we get into 10 Cloverfield Lane, like, did you guys like Cloverfield? No. No. Strictly because of the found footage thing. I... Could, I couldn't sit through it. It was so bad. The yeah. shaking and the camera everywhere. Just no. I'm with Stacy on that. I really liked the movie. Um, I think at that point in time, I was just so over found footage. And that was a pretty aggressive found footage movie because it was, you know, it was extra shaky because half the time, whoever was in the camera or behind the camera was like on the run. Mm -hmm. So you'd get the whole camera down by their side and then back up and then in the face. And then uh, it was aggressive. So did you guys actually see it when it came out? I saw it in theaters and it was like, and I remember being, thinking it was tough. Like, I think it was probably one of the few movies where I almost felt like I was getting motion sickness or something yeah. watching it. I didn't yeah. see it in theater, but I saw it shortly after it okay. came out of theaters. So I apparently missed that. I remember hearing about it because I remember a bunch of people complaining, same as like what you were saying, Mo, that they would get motion sick and that it was just, you almost didn't know what was going on the entire time. Um, so I never actually saw it when it came out. I saw it about six weeks ago, right before we saw 10 Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> and uh, as we all know, because we've discussed it on this podcast, I'm at... I'm so over found footage films anyway. And that one, like, like I thought it was interesting. I thought the alien looked really cool. I thought what they did, are we allowed to spoil? Yeah. Okay. I thought that the fact that everybody died was like pretty hardcore. And, you know, I thought that was kind of creative, but found footage frustrates the living daylights out of me because the whole time they're holding this camera while monsters are attacking them or while they're trying to scale buildings and all these different kinds of things. And the whole time they're just asking questions and no one's answering them. And that's just, I know it's a part of the film that it needs to happen so that you can move the story along, but it's horribly irritating to me. Yeah. Plus in a monster movie, like you want to see the monster a little bit and they gave you glimpses and you got pieces, but that one was just kind of frustrating because it was almost like what an hour and a half a two hour tease like mm -hmm. 
Yeah, something like that. It was ugh, it was obnoxious. Well, gosh, I like Cloverfield <laughs> way more than the rest of you. Um, <laughs> I didn't think it was like the greatest cinematic achievement in history, but it was a unique way to tell uh, a monster. So those, those giant monsters are the Kaiju film basically, right. Is what they're called. I think at least in Japan, they're always these huge scale movies. They're always like epic in scope and you never get a sense of the people on the ground, except maybe in like one or two scenes where someone's like running away. And so I thought it was a really creative thing to tell like a film that probably most of us have seen at least one or two Godzilla movies, even if it was on USA in the afternoon as we were growing up or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's like what three new Godzilla movies that have been out in the in last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one in the works, uh, King Kong. Like we've had all these movies again and again and again and again. And it was a clever way to tell a new take on that story where you really felt the immediacy of it and maybe it's because you know i only saw it once in the theaters uh and again like like i said i didn't love it but i didn't i thought it was fine i enjoyed my time there but what re-watching it with amanda i was i was really impressed by the human scale of this this giant thing so i mean i liked it all right i would say it's worth seeing especially if you can see it on the small screen now it it's definitely less motion sickness inducing and you can pause it or look away or go get some popcorn or whatever you want right you have more control Cause that's what you want in a film. You want to have to pause it so you don't vomit. I mean, come back to it. I didn't right vomit. I didn't, that didn't bother me. I was saying if it bothers you, then that's a way to control it. Just take, just take some Dramamine and you'll be all right. Yeah. Some Dramamine and maybe a couple of beers and you'll be good. So did you guys see the trailer for 10 Cloverfield Lane? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not. You, okay, I'm you'd... so glad that I did not. So without spoiling anything, we'll spoil here in just a few moments, we promise. But given the trailer and given that it had Cloverfield in the title, like what were your expectations going into this movie? I was excited. I wanted to see it. Uh, Likewise, the trailer had me excited. It definitely led me one direction and I won't. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't intentional. That was not a Freudian slip. Um, Before... I saw the movie and then when I saw the movie, I was expecting that. And then I, I think I even kind of held on to that too long and I don't want to get too into it because I will get into spoilers, but the, the trailer had me anticipating or maybe not even anticipating, but hoping for one thing. Uh, but I was definitely excited. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I sort of assumed that at minimum these would be set in the same universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, I thought whatever. this was like the fallout of after Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, like that that whatever whatever happened in Cloverfield, this 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 is the reason they're in this bunker like they show yeah. in the trailer. Absolutely. Um and what what Abrams announced even before the movie came out in an interview was that this movie is a spiritual successor, quote unquote, and it's probably not even set in the same universe hmm. as Cloverfield, even though it had uh, Abrams uh trademark slusho uh for sale at the gas station in that opening scene of the film so i thought that was interesting because that's i don't know if you guys know about that but in all of his films even in like the alias tv show and all of that it's like slurpy right it's his version of that and it's a it's one of those gags that you can watch for in all of abram's movies and so sure enough like right there at the beginning so, so even more like than even beginning the movie even having heard that it probably wasn't very closely connected to Cloverfield. I saw the slush show sign at the gas station and I was like, okay, like, all right. Does he fit the slush show into Star Trek? 
that's a good question. Don't quote me on this. I don't think so, but there are some other running Abrams sight gags, I think. Uh, um, it's been a while since I looked into all of that. But I, as far as I know, Star Trek in general stays away from branding pretty heavily. Okay. You wonder why there are no Reese's Pieces in the Star Trek universe. Like, when are those candies ever going to quit being made? <laughs> Hashtag never. I know, hopefully not. <laughs> so, all right. So, before we get into the movie, again, no spoilers. Would you recommend this movie to moviegoers? I wouldn't say that it's going to probably make my top 10 movies of the year like certain people might, but I would definitely recommend it. I would recommend watching it at home. You don't need to go to the theater to see it. I would that. I based solely off of the buzz and the fact that it had Cloverfield in the title, even though I hadn't seen Cloverfield at the time. Like I was, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I was like, oh, this is really interesting, you know, and, and JR and I and our housemate had all just just discuss the possibilities of it but I had explained to them that I hadn't seen the trailer so I was really just kind of going in not knowing anything and I was pretty excited about that uh I mean if I could say yes 100 times like yes you absolutely need to see it and yes you definitely should not try to read any spoilers then do it I mean even if you do know spoilers or whatever even if you've seen the trailer i oh man i love this movie <laughs> yeah i saw the trailer and then i saw a tweet from a person who's on advanced screening and they said don't find out anything else about this movie and i said okay it's a person on twitter that i really trust and so i did and i was very happy i would wholeheartedly recommend this film to horror lovers and to just general movie enthusiasts mm -hmm. um i thought it was masterfully conceived and executed and i had a tremendously good time multiple times my jaw was on the floor because i had i couldn't believe what i was seeing and i had no idea what was going to happen next really uh, yep. yeah. oh man you didn't you didn't have this movie like mapped out yeah <laughs> i would say I that's why stacy and i were disappointed as we were waiting for the unexpected and we just kept getting more of what they were force feeding us yeah oh man See, wow. and like like you guys had mentioned, like typically we always try and like stay away from like previews and spoilers and stuff like that. So I enjoyed that they didn't put too much out there for this movie, except like they just dropped the preview. And they were pretty consistent with that one preview. But you always get expectations after seeing previews. And like Mo said, we maybe held on to those expectations <laughs> a little too long. But, you know, we eventually picked it up like, okay, this isn't we're not getting the movie we thought let's take in the movie that we're getting. So I think that helped towards when we sw switched gears. Yeah, like when we walked out. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's jump into spoilers because I want to hear more specifically about that. I, wanna, I can't wait to hear what your expectations were. So uh, let's get into spoilers for 10 Cloverfield Lane starting right now. Spoiler alert. Woo woo. Don't split up. All right. So, uh, Stacey, what were the expectations you had? What were you wanting from the movie that it didn't I was you? expecting a crazy alien movie, like aliens attacking, you know, like things were going to be crazy. They were going to be like running around the city, hiding from aliens, working their way to this bunker, you know, barely making it into the bunker. And then like aliens trying to get into the bunker. Yeah, they really hyped up that point in the preview when she makes a break for the door and kind of realizes that 
she's not a captive like because they do a pretty good job of setting up the fact that there's something off in this bunker mm -hmm. because she smashes that bottle in goodman's face every time in the uh, preview um so obviously you know there, there's some type of animosity or some type of weirdness but when she gets to that door there's this realization that like oh it's worse out there yeah and so i was waiting for that transition in the film like for the whole movie like i was waiting for that outside to become the issue and then the inside was really always the main antagonist. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I, I guess that's what I was curious. Like that, that scene happens like what probably still in the first third of the film. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it, that just wasn't enough for you or well, you wanted, you wanted them to go outside. I thought that was going to be the transition point. I thought we were going to leave, you know, the, I have a crazy captor part of the film and transition into I do have a crazy <laughs> captor, but that is the least of my problems because there's aliens and whatnot outside my door. Like that, you get that scene a third of the way into the film, but you're still thinking it's like nuclear fallout or, you know, it's all still based on Goodman's speculation of, you know, what's there. You don't really get confirmation that that's probably alien until the very end when Goodman's like that that was no, uh, that's no bird of ours. I don't know anyone who has technology like that. Like I was on an aircraft carrier for 20 years or whatever, you know? And then it's almost, that's like your first real introduction that like, yeah, this isn't human. I think right? the thing that I loved about it the most though, is, and again, I went into this with pure ignorance, right? Like I, I didn't, I intentionally did not see a trailer, all those different kinds of things. Like I, at every moment during the film, I had no idea that anything was going to happen the way that it would. Like the fact that I was questioning everything that John Goodman said, because sure, he could have worked on an aircraft carrier and he could have been this really super smart military dude that, you know, has some issues and whatever. But I mean, legitimately, I had no idea that he, that I was like, well, is he good? Is he bad? I don't know. And I, because I didn't see the trailer, I didn't even know that, I mean, I knew aliens would probably be on the table just because of it being the movie being called 10 Cloverfield Lane. But I was like, I don't know, maybe he's just a psychopath and maybe this is just going to be a bunker escape thing heist movie. I don't, I don't, I don't have any idea. I'm, and that's what I loved about it the whole time. I was just like, what is happening? What is happening? Oh my gosh, what is happening? Oh God, they just did that. Oh my goodness, what is happening? I mean, I that's in my head. The I will movie. say that I would have never expected aliens had it not been for the title because even the mm -hmm. preview never really insinuated aliens. Well, and at the very beginning, Goodman says it was the Ruskies or is the Martians or whoever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this guy's insane. Like, oh, yeah. he's crazy. But but they do a good job of painting him to be that it, like he, he comes across as insane. Obviously that's not your standard. Like the fact that she's in a cell and everything in the beginning, as opposed to just free in a home. And he's like, Hey, I saved you. Like they do. He is insane. So I guess let's, let's not even pretend like he isn't, but the, the other person that's living with them, um, with hey, Emmett, he's not, uh, he's a little too dumb to be in on the, the plot right mm -hmm. <laughs> and so he does a good job of kind of bringing you back to thinking all right maybe he's kind of got a screw loose but this guy means well yeah. that's where i found I, myself oh go ahead stacy i was gonna say i've i felt like emmett was cast well he played the character phenomenally like 
he was like the intricate piece for me in this movie. Like he's what tied things together when I was getting to the point where like, oh my God, I don't know if I can believe this. Like he would tie you back in. Like he would make it like, no, like this guy knows his stuff. Like he's just like a weird conspiracy theorist. Like he, Emmett for me really was the one who kind of held the movie together. Yeah, that actor, John Gallagher Jr., he's been in Short Term 12. And I, I'm, was he on Newsroom? I don't know. I well, anyway, uh, ten. Uh, he was awesome in Short Term 12. And he plays that. He's something about him. He's like instantly likable. And you instantly sort of trust him. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I thought I thought that was uh, his ability to be that person was played to great effect in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that. I, my emotional positioning towards Howard kept switching as the movie went on. You know, at first you're terrified of him. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of, you like, he just becomes a little less scary because of that transition where you're like, oh, no, I, like, especially after she, she tries to get away and you see that woman out there is, like, legitimately being eaten from mm-hmm. the outside. You're like, oh, he's not crazy. I mean, he's still yeah. crazy. But he's not like he didn't like kidnap her, and he's not like keeping her and lying to her, right? Well, that's but that's not safe, right? Like there is a real threat outside. Yeah, and it's funny because I talked to I've talked to several people who saw it who were like, yeah, like I wondered if he planted that woman, and I'm like, what? Like, See, I, I thought that about the, the pig. pigs. I was like, yeah. and the, it's the woman that really sold me. I was like, right. all of this, all of this he can manipulate to whatever he wants to make her think whatever he wants. Like, And almost to the point, I felt like he could maybe manipulate Emmett as well, just because he really didn't know. He just kind of was going with the flow and based on what he said. But yeah, I really was iffy until I saw that woman. I was like, okay, that's when I switched to thinking like, okay, maybe... Maybe but, he isn't as crazy as I think, and he's just off, like you said, right? Yeah, he's yeah. got like, and yeah, like what kind of person builds a bunker? Well, someone who's maybe a little bit off, but then what happens if that person is right? Right. Yeah, but, absolutely. So here's the thing: before she ever got up there, though, she had kind of tested his whole craziness, and this is like what I, I guess I never stopped thinking that Goodman was a nut job because when she does the whole jealousy test at the dinner table. And he like wigs out. Mm-hmm. That was before she ever tried to escape or anything like that. Yeah, that was the whole "you're mine." But well, well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not that Howard wasn't nuts; it's that he was also telling the truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's like that's what I loved about this movie. Is is in any other movie we would have had an either or. Like when the thriller is yeah. revealed, either it really is a bunker and like they're going to have to figure out how to survive together down there or like it's all a big elaborate ruse and he planted the pigs and he planted all this other stuff. And then you find out that the girl isn't really his daughter and and more and more and more. And then she has to figure it out and escape. And then, yay, she escapes. Except in this movie, it's like, nope. Both. Like it's yeah. both. And, the pot into the fire. Yeah. And and I just I thought that was awesome because again, like what I loved about what I thought was good about Cloverfield was it gave you this like first person perspective on an apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And this was the same thing. It's like, yeah, well, like, yeah. what if you're the person in the bunker? Like, and you don't have any access to information anymore, then like what do you do? Mm-hmm. And and it was this like again, really cool first person experience of like an alien invasion and we've had that a little more often than the monster movie 
Um, you know, we've had like Battle Los Angeles and some things like that. But uh, I, I, I loved, I loved smashing the two different kinds of monsters together. You know, it felt it felt like a mashup horror movie that just really, really worked for me. See, I, yeah, no, I, I am. I, I get more than I did. Initially, I was not a fan of this movie. I don't think I dislike it as much. I just had a hard time with the two of the, I just felt like they were too back and forth for me. Like you you get like the sweat of the aliens, but then you're like, oh, what about him? Like, I don't know. It just, it didn't quite work for me. I liked where they were going and how they were trying to play off of each other, but something just didn't sit right for me. And it was was it the tonal shift? Like it just went back and forth too often. I see everything in the bunker was good. Like I think we liked that, or at least that's what we kind of talked about. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, Goodman's acting was phenomenal. Oh um, man, it was so good. Oh so yeah. Good. Like I think my favorite scene is when he goes over to the jukebox and his butt's like kind of bouncing around <laughs> singing, like, and it's just like so laid back. You know what I mean? Like he's or like just, when they're like doing the puzzle, you know? Yeah. Like I don't. They just did a. I really liked it. Um. But yeah, I thought all the actors, for just there really being three, if you don't count the woman, uh, they did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the fact that I was always waiting for the aliens. And then when the aliens got there, when she escapes and she gets out there, and it's not that she portrayed herself as a weak woman, like given her story and her, you know, admitting to the fact that she felt she was weak and she never really stood up for anything. She, she portrays a different type of woman. She's clearly turned a new leaf in this bunker because she's kind of a hard ass. Uh, and then she gets out there and defeats these aliens that are overrunning the world with a Molotov cocktail and stuff. Like it just got a little weird at the end. And by a little weird, I mean a lot of weird real quick. <laughs> so the Molotov cocktail was the point that a lot of people, this movie lost them. Well, even that. And she like, she shakes that whole tiger alien. Like, he, thing. like he's not even really there. Like they don't really explain that. It's like, is this a dog, but it just doesn't have eyes or ears or nose and she can evade it in the 20 square foot space like with no problem and then when their giant mega ship comes over she's gonna craft something from leftover booze and destroy it while the rest of the world's being overrun like it was just you had i knew that that bottle was going to be important because at the beginning they like specifically like show it like um, rolling back and yeah why not buy a gun then and she's like running from her husband and she shoots the dog and gets away and that would have been a much better ending I didn't, it like, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, going all the way back to independence <laughs> day, right. They use a crappy old MacBook to write a computer virus that can destroy this whole alien fleet. But right? at least they have to fly into the mouth of the alien ship. Like let's she, not... she went into the mouth of the alien ship. That's where the Molotov cocktail went. Yeah. But she didn't, she was <laughs> in its tentacles and dropped like 40 feet. So are you saying that she should have thrown like a girl mo? Is that what you're saying? It was unbelievable that she could be such so athletic. I don't think there's a reason to be sexist here. Jay. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I, see women as equals. I just know that I nor Stacy would ever have crafted a Molotov cocktail to take down an alien ship. Oh no. I, I don't know what it have worked her. like that. Like or let me give someone you- who like, you got to think about like her background. There's no way, like, let's no. cut, let's cut to the reality of things. She's a little tired. She's a little frazzled. There's an alien tiger dog out there chasing her <laughs> and she's hanging on to a, sh- like a, a truck? shitty old truck and crafting a Molotov cocktail, throwing it with just the most accuracy ever upwards into the mouth of an alien ship. That's trying to eat her. 
and then the alien ship explodes. It reminds me of that stupid M. Night Shyamalan movie, like, oh, water. Water gets them. <laughs> Explosions, though? I feel like that's reasonable. What? Yeah. Like, so our whole world is in peril and no one's tried explosive objects yet? Well, like, but they have. We that's have sure a, that they have. We don't we know have anything a military. else. I'm yeah. just saying, if Molotov cocktails can take them down, I'm sure our aircraft carriers and our superior missiles and whatnot like there's a million other things that go boom besides Molotov cocktails in a much larger fashion. Why are we losing this battle? Who said we're losing? The people on the radio who yeah. said, please come and help us. If anyone can hear us, we're trying to resist them and we're starting to win. Come back. Yeah, the, we're yeah, starting so to starting, win. They're starting to win. It's this a survivalist. Been winning the first five minutes oh after goodness. getting out of a bunker. And because. Only, she's like MacGyver on steroids. The only yeah, thing in her access is a lighter some cloth from her shirt and a booze and yet the rest of our world is just now starting to win <laughs> well okay so two things five minutes and the tides have turned two things um one the chemical attack happened and at, like that was mm -hmm. a big part of it is everyone got sick yes. she dodged that like a g she got <laughs> out of there she was because <laughs> she was kidnapped and kept in a bunker <laughs> second she of all it's weird that you think it takes a MacGyver to make a Molotov cocktail out of cloth, fire, and booze. Like, that's the like only thing you can make out of that. Put, put me in that truck, and I I'm drinking the booze like, <laughs> and hiding on the floorboards. Like, that but was think, not my go-to. <laughs> I think that's the whole point of this movie is that she is a survivor. I mean, she's even though she, as she just, talks about in her monologue, she, she likes to escape. She never confronts anything, and I think that just, it's... That was her arc, right? Like, yeah, it was her coming into her own, her her being able to, I mean, how many of us, if we were trapped in a bunker, I'd just like curl up in a ball and like, like once she throws him into the acid and all that stuff's going on, I'm like, I, I, I don't know what to do. I can't, I don't, I'm, I'm done. I'm dead. Like I'm which, out. Or which time out. I'd like to point out that is why every child should play, you know, don't step on the lava. Because he escaped Gee. that uh, acid. Absolutely. Or, you know, when she's in the truck, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and pass out now and then get eaten by this giant alien or whatever. Like, I, I think that's what it was. It was just, it, it was an empowerment of hers. That's why at the very end, she chooses to go to Houston and not to Baton Rouge where, because she's not a survivor anymore. She's super hardcore and she no. has freaking battle experience now. So she's going to go and help and fight them. No, that's why we got the whole sob story about her watching the girl get beat up in the store. Like, she's yeah. not going to run away anymore. Now she's a fighter. Yeah. But well, and that ending, in my book, I this is... I rushed. I, my new thing is I just rewrite endings for people. <laughs> so they, it should have been her and that tiger dog. She beats the tiger dog. That's much more feasible and realistic. She doesn't even have to make a makeshift bomb out of booze. She could keep the booze. And you, she moves... Not. She gets on the radio and she realizes, yeah, the aliens are there and she goes and like fights them. She doesn't have to defeat their starship, their dogs, and but she needs, like, everything the epic else. Finish of defeating the starship. She just blew up a bunker with the crazy man. <laughs> this woman's already epic. Touche. Yeah, but I feel like it, though the, the ship set the tone for her, like the empowerment of her. Like she can right. do this. Well, then old Goodman should have had like a rocket launcher or something stashed down there. Touche. That would have been much more logical. I needed a massage after this film because I was so tense <laughs> the entire time. I was just like, 
what is going to happen? Oh my goodness. I can't believe this. I mean, seriously, I, ugh. I agree the whole time. I'm just like waiting and waiting, like what's going to happen next? What's going to be, you know, like I definitely, the anticipation of this movie got me. I was, it wasn't what I was anticipating, but there was still the anticipation there of what was going to happen. It was well put together up until the release of her from the bunker. But Mm -hmm. uh, JR, you said you made the comment to me that you think this will most likely be in your top 10 movies of the year, which is a bold statement for March. Yeah. Do you still stand by that? The I mean, do you have any qualms with the ending or anything? Or are well, you just I mean, there are things I didn't like, which I'll talk about in Best Worst. But, oh, yeah. I mean, overall, this film was so masterfully constructed. The dialogue is incredible. Like, it always felt, uh, with a couple of minor exceptions, it always felt very realistic. Um, and I was constantly on the edge of my seat. The tonal shifts were handled masterfully. I felt like I always was feeling and experiencing exactly what the director wanted me to feel and experience. Um, I thought the the set design of the bunker was incredible. I thought the way they revealed information was fantastic. And I loved the way, again, like I said, it was like a mashup of two different horror genres that it just, it really did work for me. And the ending, like... It you know these well these ships are like techno organic or something they don't seem to be ships as much as they're like entities, mm-hmm. you know. So the idea that the idea that if you threw an explosive into the mouth of it that it would kill it didn't bother me. Like I was like, well sure that's like every video game ever, right? You got to hit it in the mouth, uh, or you got to like shoot it ten times and then it'll blink red and open its mouth. And while its mouth is open, you got to like shoot in the <laughs> mouth and that's when you actually damage it, right? I mean like yeah. like that's that's like such a such a, a normal trope that sure, like whatever, could it have been different? Yeah. And would there have been other ways to do it that might've been better? Sure. Uh, of course, that's probably nearly always true, but it didn't bother me. And I loved, like, I love when you, when she first got out of the bunker and you see the ship and or the, the ship and you're like, Ooh, is that like a helicopter? Is that a wait? Oh, uh, that, uh, Oh, oh no, it's alien. Oh God. Oh no. Like it's so much, so much worse than we, we hoped it was, you know, like just that again, that whole tonal ship where she's out, like you said, out of the frying pan into the fire, like, man, oh, like I felt so good when she got out of the bunker and then like immediately so much worse. Mm-hmm. And that, that sense of terror doesn't really relent for the next like 10 minutes as she's like hiding and fighting and scraping. And I, I don't mind the hero that, yeah, like what else is she gonna do when she's in the truck? Like she's gotta, she gotta do something, or just like roll up and roll over and die. And we don't want to see a movie boost. about. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing. We don't want to see a movie about someone who's fought so hard and just lays down and dies. So, yeah. cool. Like I'm, I'm fine with it. Meh. <laughs> also, it was this guy's directorial debut. I mean, I know obviously he was under Dan Trachtenberg. Yeah, yeah, he was under the the direction or under the influence of of um bad robot productions and all that kind of stuff but i still think that i mean for your first incredible movie ever, yeah incredible for insane. a first film to give i mean to give credit again back to the bunker and the dialogue and everything like it almost gave me a coen brothers feel when they were in the bunker like mm-hmm. the way it was just kind of put together the dialogue the the musical like cutouts when they're just kind of showing time going by and them falling into their places like mm-hmm. it was that part of the movie i loved a lot and I think all of them did great. Goodman was awesome. Mm-hmm. He's just Ugh, man, amazing on horrifying. Stuff. I uh, almost feel like that it's almost two separate movies. Like 
<clears throat> you have like the bunker part and then like the ending. Yeah. And, like it feels like they just threw the ending on there just to like I don't even really just for know. the sequel. Yeah. Okay, so so <laughs> let me let me tell you why I disagree. Um because it because the whole thing is is really about Michelle. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have established through some of the only truly clunky dialogue in the film that she is a she is a not a fighter, that she's a stayer, that it took so much for her to even leave her fiance, which we don't know if he was actually abusive or anything like we just know that she wanted out for a long time and it took a lot for her to just finally leave. And she had to run away. She couldn't even right. really confront right. him about it. Right. Right. So. Um, and then again, like what you get, you get where she does escape. Like she escapes, she gets all the way to the top. She could have easily gotten out. And then she sees something terrible that's unexplained that has really terrifying implications. And so she has to choose between the devil she knows in the bunker and the devil she doesn't know outside. And she chooses the bunker, you know, she chooses to stay. And the next time she tries to get away, she's faced with basically the same choice, right? She can, yeah. like, once once uh, Howard kills Emmett, she has to choose again between the devil that she knows or the devil that she doesn't. And this time she chooses the devil that she doesn't. And it turns out the devil that she doesn't know is, I don't know, would you say as bad? <laughs> I'd I mean, say definitely worse. Worse? Okay. So, like, that's that's what I loved is it's like, well, yeah, sometimes – Sometimes you choose the devil you don't, and it is worse, you know? But the difference is that she's become a person who doesn't run away from danger anymore. You know, she's become a person who's going to be a fighter. And so, for me, I loved and, – and I agree with you, Stacey. Like, the tone, the genre even of these two pieces of the film are so dramatically different. But I – the jarring – clash of those things really worked for me and i like i just i thought i thought they highlighted her character so well i mean i'd agree with that for sure but i just feel like <clears throat> they needed something to play against him and they're like oh well aliens you can't go wrong with aliens let's do aliens okay i mean i thought it could have been zombies too because we didn't really know what was going on with that chick when she was yeah. trying to get in I mean, I'm 100% glad it wasn't zombies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what if she had killed that. zombies with Molotov cocktails, Mo? Believable. That would have been believable for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's Could classic. That's zombie 101. <laughs> I feel like it's zombie like 301, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on which course you take. Yeah. Uh, so let's do best worst. What, what was your favorite part of this movie? John Goodman. Yeah, the whole time that they were singing, I think we're alone now. Which was an amazing music choice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, uh. Um, my best, I think, would have to be, I think the relationship, like with Emmett and the girl, and like how she obviously knows something's wrong, and she knows this one person isn't necessarily trustworthy, but she knows this other person, like he's not crazy, like. I can believe him like I don't know I just liked his relationship with everybody and how he was just like the calm in the storm yeah everybody together kept everybody mm -hmm. on track mm -hmm. uh my single favorite moment I, I I do think it's interesting that all of us basically just said like the characters right mm -hmm. like that's that's so true like this movie like I would almost watch these three characters do anything 
you know, they're so well developed with with yeah. very very little, honestly. Like we get very little about no them. Yeah. Um, but my single favorite moment that I think for me just completely embodied how great how smart the writing is how well they showed you instead of told you who these characters are is when they're playing um sorry your uh, trouble. no 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 no. it was uh it was like taboo or something Picture, pictionary or whatever was, well yeah whatever not, it wasn't whatever where they're having to guess yes. yeah and he can't Great. say the word woman mm-hmm he can't say woman. He keeps saying girl, uh, girl. Uh, uh, and it's so clear to the entire audience and to the other characters that the answer is woman. And it's like his brain won't go there. And it just said so much about uh, Howard's character and his inability to see women as equals. Uh, and it just informed so much. And I like that was one of that was one of the moments for me where I started to feel the most dread. That's what I that was probably yeah. the scariest part of the damn movie, man. Like that, <laughs> they set up the most tension there. And you can see it on Emmett's face where he's like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh God. Oh yeah. God. It, was, yeah. it was a great scene. Well, and when he just shoots him in the head, like, I, I mean, gasped. Boom. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I had, no, I, well, okay, maybe I had some idea, but I didn't think that he would actually pull the see, trigger. Yeah, and, I oh. almost feel like she should have took the blame because obviously he wasn't going to kill her, which they don't necessarily know. But, you know, Emmett was trying to, like, be the hero, save the day, like, protect her. And I think Emmett just thought he was safe, backfired. Too. Yeah, yeah, that was... Literally. So, <laughs> uh, worst moments. Mo, I'm assuming it's the cocktail? Duh. As much as I want to love the dog tiger alien, that for me was not good. That scene where she's like running from the car into like the little sh- like that just wasn't believable. That's what one, I'm you're not going to outrun other. that. Two, it's you're not going to hide from it like the in in no. Well, if you're applying dog logic that she that it can smell her or that it can sense her or whatever, but it's an alien thing. We don't know. We don't well, know what it's put, capable of. I mean, how how does it dumb blind? Right? pet on how the ground to help you if it's how do you useless. how do you know it's a pet well it just what is it then i don't know we, That's don't, what know. we don't know i mean it's a, okay underling we can say that still it, you gotta you gotta think that it's gonna do something for you <laughs> not yeah not just suck how, how do you know it's, <laughs> Maybe it's like predator and it senses heat and because uh, she was behind a wall it could right, see her. the predator would not have been fooled do not <laughs> right There's do not no shame the predator i mean like the predator the predator <laughs> Couldn't see Schwarzenegger when he was covered in mud. mud. He was most mud. definitely sweating and producing heat, and it couldn't see him. Okay, but mud is definitely different. He took than out wood. a whole seal force before he got to that point. <laughs> Do not shame the predator. You don't know. You don't know what that dog alien tiger thing went through before it got there. Yeah. Corn field. A cornfield. Jr. Those expectations he on went it. through a cornfield. <laughs> Oh, man. Shame on both of you for bringing the predator's name. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not defending the predator. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I love the predator. Yeah, I also very much love the predator. I'm just. He is, he is the alien of all aliens. <laughs> if Mary, if if Michelle had had a chain gun, this movie would have ended very differently. <laughs> That's how it should have been. Oh man. Yeah, I would say you know worst for me, 
if if there really was some kind of biological hazard on the outside that was and and maybe it was just like the gas that was released occasionally or whatever i didn't think it was super realistic that it didn't affect her in any way especially because you know that suit was made really well established by the end of it that that whatever it was is not active right anymore, but they released agent. the gas yeah right. they, re- they, they re-released well, it on a ton of it again <laughs> just if, a little bit if you're in if, if you're trying to take over the planet you don't want to nuke the planet forever it'd be like a 24-hour like yeah. right i mean that's You're, how do we know that that's even harmful to them mm-hmm. their alien yeah. underling was down there breathing it that's what i'm saying it must not be there anymore that was my point like no but didn't she stood over top of her and basically sprayed her yeah with, uh, like, okay skunk the crap out of her <laughs> and she very quickly gets her crappy little gas mask onto her head with a giant hole in her suit. And then right? she walks away and throws and a she's still br- yeah. Molotov cocktail at him. That's what I'm saying. She is she's an impressive woman. Yeah. I almost feel like the first part of the movie, the bunker part, was done phenomenally well. Everything worked. It clicked. It made sense. This The second part was a little disjointed. So I think that's where a lot of my issues are coming from personally. I had like a great movie and then like a C movie. Okay. I, that's fair. I wouldn't. I mean, I, I get that. I think for me, I, I don't disagree with any of those issues, but I also think they're like standard for alien movies. Yeah, we just don't know enough. I mean, and it was really hard to be informed by it. And again, like Independence Day had all of the exact same problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had Will but, Smith. And he's very charismatic. <laughs> I mean, I really like Mary Elizabeth Winston. So. Um, so anyway, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, sure. Okay. I don't disagree with you. I just like also like that's kind of part of that kind of genre like yeah. that's that's something that's pretty <clears throat> worse so i mean it, i almost feel like that's oh. movies in general they can almost get away with whatever they want because it is a movie it's like oh well this unrealistic scenario is going to happen and this person is going to survive and they're going to rock it out and it's like yeah it's a movie so it's it's plausible anything's anything's I, possible i say pre-bunker escape it's like a 9 9.5 post-bunker escape it's like a seven okay wow. Okay. I'd, I'd definitely go with that. Uh, Did you say what your worst No, was? no, no. My worst, honestly, and again, it's because I loved the, the rest of the dialogue so much, was that scene where uh, Michelle and Emmett are sitting on opposite sides of the wall, and they're just, like, sharing their life stories with each other. Because it felt so, like, it was so clearly they needed some way to give us this backstory, and so yeah. they just wrote this scene. And mm-hmm. it was it was noticeably less organic than the rest of the film Mm. the rest of the dialogue and again like so it was it's sort of like what i was talking about the stuff at the end with the alien genre stuff like it was fine like i get why they had to do it but the rest of the the rest of the dialogue was so organic and so on point that it made this like like normally fine scene stick out like a sore thumb Mm -hmm. um it wasn't, I mean, I, I still rank this movie. Like I said, it's probably going to be in my top 10 uh, for 2016. Uh, definitely it beat out Batman v Superman. So. Um, oh, God, really? Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, not seen it I, yet. I seen it yet, but I've heard not good things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really want to see it to begin with because <laughs> I find it kind of silly. Batman versus Superman. No Focus. offense. That's not yeah, what I'm like, really about. 
Obviously, Batman wins. No, no question. <laughs> well, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. So that 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 was my worst overall, and uh, and it didn't it didn't dampen my enthusiasm for this movie at all. Uh, it, it wasn't even a very long scene. It was over pretty quickly. So, um, yeah, I. Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly recommend this movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it and you've listened this far, please let us know like what you thought of it since you already knew everything. Because I, I we went into it like uh, Mo and Stacy. You just went in with our recommendation and the trailer, right? That was it. Correct. That was all you knew. Strictly. Yeah. yeah. Amanda saw it not even having had the trailer, mm-hmm. and then I saw it same as you guys, like just the trailer and people telling me to go see it. So. It's funny though, sometimes like when we hear what your guys' reaction is compared to ours, <laughs> we're like, oh God. Yeah, you we're going to hate this. It sets us up to like, you know, think one thing for a movie for sure. Mm-hmm. But I like that that happens now though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Based on each other's reactions, you can base what the movie or judge the movie. So well, most most recently, it was The Witch and this movie, right? Were two movies yeah. that mm-hmm. we were much bigger fans of than you. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. Well, and Black Christmas, too. That's true, yeah. Oh, man. We were singing its praises. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I was going to say... Final Girls was the last one we were all on. Right, and there have been several that we're all on board with, for sure. It sounds like you guys are mostly on board with this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, This was an outright hate. This was not another uh, Krampus or something like that or whatever. (laughs) Zombievers or something. Oh, man. Uh, That's super funny. All right. Well, uh, we are about out of time for this episode. We are. So the reason we wanted to do 10 Cloverfield is not just because it just came out, but because we were already planning to do several alien movies. And it turns out that 10 Cloverfield. Yeah. It turns out 10 Cloverfield (laughs) is an alien movie. So uh, for the the next episode is going to come out the weekend before 426, which if you're a fan of the alien franchise, you know that the alien species is LV-426. So for Alien Day, we are going to release an episode on Alien and Aliens, which is Alien 1 and Alien 2, for those of you who are maybe not as familiar with that franchise as you should be. (laughs) And uh, then we're going to follow that up with an episode on the James Gunn-directed, relatively recent new horror classic Slither, which is like... Alien slash zombie slash monster. Uh, I think we're going to all like this one. I would be real surprised if, if you guys don't like Slither, if you haven't already seen it. Um, James Gunn is the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. I do love and, Guardians. And super, he's got a really great comic sensibility. And so I've always, since I saw Slither when it came out, I've described it to people as a B movie on an A movie budget. Uh, it stars Elizabeth Banks and Nathan Fillion. It's got uh, Merle from The Walking Dead. Love and, Merle. Uh, it's just, it's a really weird, great horror comedy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Alien Aliens next, followed by Slither. And uh, if there's any other alien horror movies you think we should tackle before we switch genres again, by all means, let us know at don'tsplitup.com or facebook.com slash don'tsplitup. Thanks, as always, for listening. Let us know what you thought of 10 Cloverfield Lane, whether you would recommend it, and uh, whether you thought that the two different movies smashed together worked. Uh, We'll be back in a couple of weeks with our Alien Aliens episode, and until then, whatever you do, don't split up. Join J.R. Stacey, Amanda, and Mo to discuss blood, guts, horror, and gore in our podcast, Don't Split Up, where we discuss horror movies and how great or not they are. Be 
as you know, in every horror movie, the first rule of survival is never leave your friends. So don't split up if you want to make it to the end. No, don't. Don't split up. Oh, this place is huge. No, take the back porch. Scream if you see anything. That won't be hard. But in observation of this loaded moment, I am not in favor of splitting up, nor am I three days from retiring. I will not be right back.